Guys, welcome to the Hypecast. I'm feeling charged. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling motivated after today's chat with a couple of absolute legends, or should I say alpha babes, because that's what they are. It's Mia and Hannah who we're talking to. They're sisters, and they've created the brand, the business, the movement called Alpha Babes. Alpha Babes is Uh, an online coaching platform essentially um, with so many factors to it. The girls help other women with mindset, empowerment, uh, personal training. They also do retreats. They just did a retreat and I know firsthand how much effort, uh, how much personalization and just love and attention that went into that retreat. Uh, I also heard how much amazing feedback there was about the event. So, um, hey, if guys could go, I would have been there. So, um, all you ladies listening to the podcast today, check out the Alpha Babes. Uh, We got raw in this podcast. I really appreciate the girls getting raw. They had a very tough upbringing um, and we got to chat about it. We did have a couple of technical issues with this podcast today, but you guys, I hope it doesn't interrupt your um, listening. The power went out completely in the middle of the podcast so we had to relocate office we had to change equipment but we got it done and um, I hope that you guys really enjoy the podcast as much as we did talking about it Um, as always guys the podcast is brought to you by combat that's cmbt that's seller and my sports nutrition brand uh, dedicated to combat athletes and we've even got a specific hypecast discount for anyone interested in checking them out go to www.cmbt.com.au and use the code hypecast at the checkout for 20 percent off Thanks so much for the support, as usual, guys, and uh, we really hope you enjoy this episode. try and get through this okay without the power going out yes yes but it's the energy it's the vibe it is you brought the vibe electricness you know what i mean Mm. (laughs) is that a word yeah electricness it 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 is is. (laughs) (laughs) officially is now (laughs) who is anyone to tell us that something's not a word that we make up exactly who has the right to make up a word i have so many you have a lot? I, li- I cannot say a lot of words. I oh, know. And, and, our, and our following knows that. <laughs> yeah. But I own it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Guess what? Sally. We're on. We have Hannah and Mia in the house and these two make up the Alpha Babes. Sisters. Yeah. I'm fucking excited to have these guys here because we're close friends and also uh, spend a lot of time with Mia and um, her husband, Rofi. Shout out to my man, Rofi. Little young savage. That's what I call him. The young savage. Yeah. And the guy from Prison Break with his tats. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of tats. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a savage too. Now, you guys make up the Alpha Babes. Tell us what the Alpha Babes is, what it's about, and what makes an Alpha Babe. Wow. That's a very in-depth question straight up, and I'm excited to answer it. Well, look, the Alpha Babes is about, um, well, really, I think every female has an Alpha Babe within them, but a lot of us don't know that we do. And so we started this this business, this movement, um, this uh, just whole outlook on life to help other women discover their inner alpha babe and if we can do that and be the example of that then then we want to be that shining light and I think also too for us um you know we've come from a lot of pain in our story um and a lot of self-doubt and just a lot of insecurity and I think uh in our own personal journey to be able to rise above that and to see what it feels like to feel strong and and you know kind of just have just your life together again. And be a badass. Be a badass. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really, I just, I just want to give that to others. I want other people to feel that because for us, that's what, that's what keeps us going is just seeing the changes in the mindset that happen with the clients that we work with. Mm-hmm. What I love about you guys is not, not only are you just super relatable, but 
you've gone through your own personal journey that may have been negative at the start. You've turned it around and I really want to know sort of the moment that, you know, what, what was that moment that turned it around for you guys? And then lastly, um, how have you had sort of like, what gave you the motivation to help others going through similar situations? Okay. So, um, okay. So when I was going through a lot of my pain as a child, so a lot of emotional pain, um, I think for me, I, I had this catchphrase and it's really interesting because obviously I've gone on and I've, um, I've studied my master's in education and guidance and counseling, and I'm in the process of becoming a life coach. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I found fascinating as a kid that I did that I didn't know um, was that I would say things like, if I can just get through this, I can help other people. And it became like my mantra. So it was like, if I can just get through this, I can help other people. And then when bad shit happened, I would, I would say this thing to myself, which was change the channel. So a bad thought would come in, I'm like, change the channel, Hannah. Or something would trigger me, I'm like, change the channel. And what I, what I didn't realize then that I realize now was that I was actually redirecting my thoughts and I was finding something to attach to a positive thought. And, um, and is it, was this while you were young? So this, this was yeah. like a, this is almost like a yeah. protection mechanism? 100%. So this was like, you know, eight, nine, ten years of age. And I didn't know it then. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of, I, I hid behind um, uh, helping others. Mm-hmm. So I minimized me and I minimized uh, my own pain and I wanted to be invisible. And so I would focus all my attention on other people. So for me, it was very natural for me just to want to help people. I think there are a lot of people who could probably relate to me. Um, but I think the hardest journey for me in, in this whole Alpha Babes thing is actually being in the spotlight mm-hmm. and actually saying, oh, you've got something to say and you're important too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been the flip for me. Um, so yeah, I think I think for me, just getting you know you can get through anything. Flipping it and obviously expressing your own story and trying to help others has that also been sort of like um, something that's helped your sort of outlook and your progression mentally yeah. and and I think it's a it's a catch twenty two because you can have all the drive and all the passion in the world to want to help people, but that person's got to meet you at that place. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it for them. You can only do your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've just got to do you. And, and that has been uh, one of the hardest things is you can want something so bad for people. But until they're at that place and they're ready, um, you just got to love them. Mm-hmm. Love them exactly where they are. And Mia, without going into too much detail, um, take this in, in however you want to take it. Can you run us through sort of what it was like to grow up um, as sisters and, and growing up and I know you yeah. went through a lot of, of difficult times and I actually don't know the extent of it but I know it's pretty raw so um, just give us a little bit of a sort of a background of maybe some of the pain that you've gone through and that's led you guys up to building this movement yeah. and you know wanting to help others absolutely well um, as Hannah said we did go through a pretty rough upbringing and I know that a lot of people do experience um, either a rough upbringing or they go through tough times so in no way am I saying that um, you know other people have gone through worse but for us it was pretty horrific Um, we had a father that was an alcoholic chronic alcoholic Um, and he was, you know, very verbally abusive to me. So I really struggled with that. Um, and so growing up as a kid, um, getting put down and called names and, um, being treated in such a horrible way was the normal for me. That was, um, how I was shown love. And so my perception of men growing up was really distorted. Um, I would automatically gravitate to men that would treat me like shit. Sorry for swearing, Mm. but there's no other way to put it. Um, And who were very abusive. Um, You know, I got uh, growing up, so I I had like zero self-esteem because you know, my father would put me down so much and the drinking was so bad and, and you know, it all snowballed from there that, um, you know, growing up into my teenage years, 
Uh, I felt I thought so little of myself um, and, and my way of coping with that was to drink. So mm-hmm. I pretty much replicated what my dad did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found myself partying and getting a fake ID at 16 and really going off the tracks there and getting uh, caught up in drugs and alcohol. So um, for me, that was a really, really rough time. And I, I hit rock bottom um, and you know ended up in a domestic violent relationship, which was pretty hardcore um and it wasn't until I I was removed from that relationship and I hit my ultimate rock bottom that I discovered that I was worth so much more Mm -hmm. and I think I get emotional about that because for the longest time I I didn't think that I was worth anything because that's all I was told so and I hear that story over and over again even with my clients or with um, just even my girlfriends or other mums, um, that they just, the self-worth and self-respect there for so many women is so low, mm-hmm. um, whether it be from somebody telling them that or, or their upbringing. And I just, it, my biggest turning point was I never want women to feel the way I did. And um, even though we can't control what other people say to us or, or the words they speak over our life, what we can control is what we do with our own life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, turning my life around um, and moving in a positive step forward started with the fact that I wanted to prove my dad wrong mm-hmm. and, and prove that I, I will make it, that I will amount to something that I am worth been here um and then it's turned into i want to help other people realize that about themselves and that they do have an inner alpha babe and they're capable of incredible things what i love about you guys is you have gone through things that a lot of people are probably struggling with right now and i know i keep jumping in here because i think it's good because you're setting the scene for sell as well um to to load up some questions obviously because i um have a, a personal relationship with you guys Um, but the one thing that you guys are doing is expressing, you know, the things that you went through and then obviously people are listening and you're helping a lot of people through their own pains. The one thing that you guys had was each other. Yeah. I assume. Were you guys always close growing up? Were you able to support and help each other? Were you not close? Well, that's an interesting question. It's been a journey in itself. Um, I really took on the mother role to Mia. So there's six years difference between us. Um, because my dad was a chronic alcoholic, um, our, our mother was very preoccupied with that. Mm-hmm. So what that meant was Mia was going off the rails. And, and, and in that time, um, she needed a mother. So I became that. So I was the one picking her up in, in Surface Paradise when she was drunk and those sorts of things um, and, and was really there through, you know, like this. For me, she didn't just get in this relationship with this guy. I mean, there, were a lot, there was a lot of bullying that happened at school as well from females. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she was on my shoulder crying. So for me, it, I think the beautiful thing about Alpha Babes is that we actually now are sisters. But I think that's because of Alpha Babes, because Mia doesn't need a mother. She's already got one. But in that time, that's what I became when we were growing up. But now, you know, we fight like sisters. We we love each <laughs> other so much as sisters would. Um, but and it's really through Alpha Babes that we've been able to, to connect so deeply on that level. But beforehand, yeah, it was, yeah, it was very much Hannah assumed that mother role because... She had to. And, and it's also been, um, you know, I think that when you are a helper, uh, you become an enabler mm-hmm. sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing with all my goodness and my heart was enabling Mia to her own power by giving her the answer. Yeah. So she would come to me, what should I do about this? I'm like, blah, 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 blah. But what I was doing was enabling her in her own thinking. So I stepped back a lot after I did a lot of counseling and journey and work on myself. And and the most beautiful thing for me about Alpha Babes is to watch my sister rise in just to this beautiful person. I get emotional saying that because I I know the journey that she's been on. So just to see the power that she has is just incredible. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, no, cool. With you guys, obviously, um, this is formed like a business. Um, yeah. But a business was formed through like complete hardship, which is usually a business is formed from a problem-solving standpoint. And yeah. this um, little 
great brand and community that you built has um, formed off you guys sorting out a problem, which was you talked about your father and bullying and everything like that. One thing you did say that like resonates with me is um, like the fuck you effect can be like a powerful motivator mm. for, to, for people to really. And I've heard a lot of people say you should never do anything out of anger or spite or anything like that. Some of the best things I've done have been out of like mm. going, I'll show you yeah. like, uh, like, like there's <laughs> yeah. nothing that can set a fire under someone. Like when they go, look, if you don't believe in me and now I believe in myself, watch where I can get to. Did you, was it through like a circumstance of obviously like you talked about with your dad and the issues that were going on there that led to that? Or was it Hannah that um, obviously <coughs> lit that fire underneath you and I don't know exactly how the Alpha Babes came together. Was it like you guys sitting together and then going, we should do this? Or was it, um, how did it come about? Yeah. The- well, the funny, funny how Alpha Babes came about. I actually never wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah came to me with this idea and Hannah, I find Hannah very much like Miles. Big dreamer. Like, yeah. I love that. Massive awesome ideas. Awesome person. Just awesome. <laughs> awesome person. <laughs> but has these great ideas and, um, and I'm very logical, like, okay, well, how is this actually going to work? And yeah. da, 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 da. So Hannah came to me with, with this idea um, and, you know, I had just became a new mum like I was probably yeah right I was about one and she's like I've got this great idea how we can help people and you know we've I think we've always had that passion to help people um because Hannah helped me so much growing up and I've seen um how how that affected me in my life and how much I needed that I wanted to do that for other people too and Hannah's just always wanted to help people so we had that um mutual want so Hannah came to me with this idea and she's like, oh, we're going to do this thing. It's, it's, you know, we're going to empower women. I don't know how we're going to do it, but like, let's start something. And, and I was like, this sounds long winded and not going to come into anything. And I said, look, I, I'm really like, I've got work going on. I've got a new baby. Like, I, I don't think I can commit, but what I can do is help you with your Instagram page and maybe do like your marketing because you have no idea about social media. Like, <laughs> I didn't like, know what Instagram was. Like, so, yeah. so she's like, cool. Okay. And then we got into it and we started getting some traction and I was like, Oh, okay. This is actually kind of cool. So I was like, right, I'll jump on. And then we came up with the name of alpha babes. Mm. Yeah. Cool. What so I love man. about this was it's completely organic. Yeah. It's not like I just want to build a social media following and quote unquote help people. It's mm. organic. And everyone that we get on this podcast who um, the reason why they're on this podcast is because they're actually making an impact and they're actually doing positive things. It's not manufactured. And I think that that's where people go wrong. Yeah. And they even convince themselves that they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart yeah. or that they have a pure motive. But at the end of the day, it is still manufactured. Yeah. And it's awesome to hear that you guys did this organically and it came from pain and it turned around to you guys wanting to help others. Yeah. So how do you help others? Like what's Alpha Babes about? I know there's a lot of mindset in there. You guys train clients. Um, you do um, awesome workshops. And I know that you guys just did a really, really crazy. I'd love for you guys to talk about your your. Um, retreat. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, a bit about the business of Alpha Babes. Um, okay. So just a little bit of a side tangent here. Um, I, I was a government employee with a big fat wage and loved it. Right. Yeah. And, and I was helping people, but I was the, the line of work that I was in, it, it, dealt, it dealt a lot with trauma, mm-hmm. which had a lot of pull for me because obviously I come from significant trauma. So what, what, what I was finding was that I was working with these people in these really traumatic situations, but unless they met me and, let, and wanted to change, nothing changed. And I, could, I just saw repeated systems happening. So it takes, when you come from trauma, I really want to really highlight this. A couple of things happen. You either repeat the cycle and you follow your parents' footsteps Or somewhere as a kid, and I know I did this, I was like, fuck this. I I know that there's something better. And I honestly cognitively think that I did that at age eight. Mm -hmm. I thought I'm never going to drink. That is devastation. Watching my father drink and watching the relationships fall apart, I was just like, there's something better. Does that come from confidence as a kid? Um, Does it come from DNA? 
I think it comes from incredible pain. Mm -hmm. And when we look at what motivates a person, it's pain or pleasure. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wanted to get the fuck out of that pain. So what, what, so within me, I was like, there's got to be a way. If I can just get through this, there's going to be a better way. So what happened was, is I, I had this nice big fat career in education and um, I got to this place and, and I was miserable. I was hearing just chronic stories all the time. And, and I was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But what I was really dissatisfied with was the fact that I wasn't seeing progress with these people. So I remember in 2015, I'd gone off to a conference and I sat. It was like I was, I was being transported into my own future and I was seeing myself as a 65-year-old person doing the same job. And I just thought, no, there's got to be more to life than this. And this is not... I wanted to help people, but this wasn't the capacity. A lot of my work resulted in um, you know numerous child safety reports like just just heavy stuff that I knew actually wasn't really helping the family or helping the children but I just needed some safety for these kids so basically I drove I was driving and I was listening to Oprah who's just like she is like my soul mother (laughs) and she spoke about being in flow and being in flow with life and I just had this overwhelming feeling and so for me I'm a very energetic person and when something feels right I get the tingles and I was just thinking I'm going to help people move forward in their life so I don't want to be in the past anymore I want to I want to set their eyes on the future so basically, um, and I know that within your past, you can have lots of limiting beliefs and that's what you've got to break down with people. So back to the original question, what do we do? We actually help people with their mindset. So that is my component of it. And the way that I faced a lot of my own emotional pain was through exercise. So I am a chronic CrossFit uh, athlete, lover. Uh, I don't do that so much anymore. But what I loved about it was... When I had a hard-ass workout or I had a weight that I had to lift and I had all the negative bullshit in my head, I can't do this, um, I'm, everyone's watching me, I don't want to stand out because I naturally just adapted to CrossFit so easily because of my gymnastic background. And then um, I'd do it and I'd feel amazing and I'd be like, oh my God, I can do anything. So it was through my CrossFit that I faced a, like the harder the workout the more my brain switched on. I cannot describe it, but as soon as that weight gets heavy, I'm like, yeah, let's bring it, let's go, right? Um, And it became just sort of like this catalyst of change for me. So then I was like, if I can face this pain within a CrossFit workout, I actually am now ready to face my emotional pain. And I ended up writing my father a letter, which it was more about me. And there's a whole separate tangent here of forgiveness and what actually forgiveness meant. But I really wanted that full circle because the, the more that I continued to, to fear my dad or not go to that emotional pain with my dad, I actually was just giving my power away. And I want my power. My power is mine. Even though it was taken from me, I want it back. So that has been the journey. So I said to Mia, Mia was a PT, and I said, you know, Mia, there's something in this fitness thing. There's something in this fitness thing where, where you know, people are coming in to do fitness, but what they're really doing is mindset. Mm-hmm. What they're really doing is, is smashing those limiting beliefs. It's rising up in confidence. It's, it's all of these beautiful things. I said, we can do something here. And there was nothing in the market around mindset. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we offer programs, online training only. Mia does her own personal face-to-face training. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I wrote modules for this and did different topics and really thought about, you know, what sort of journey do I want to take these girls on and what do I want to teach them? And then we do a lot of consult calls. So part of the joy is actually hearing a real voice on the other mm. end. Yeah, we actually cool. do that one-on-one coaching, which I, I think is not available mm. anywhere yeah. really because it, it's so automized through programs, which is fine, but we really wanted that intimate relationship with people. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and transport them through that journey and show them that they can do it. And I think, you know, that's half the battle is women don't think they can do something. So mm. they never try. Yeah. And just having that voice on the other, other end of the phone going you can do this and just have that support 
has really seen our our clients go from you know from the bottom to the next level and it's been incredible to watch so yeah we do offer those online programs and a new venture for us has been retreats so we do all female empowerment retreats where we'll do like a two-day event um these (coughs) these events uh um has been held in byron bay Mm -hmm. uh and it's a big focus on mindset we do our fitness boot camps um you know it's all catered for and a lot of self-care in there a lot of self-care pamper our girls as well so it's um it's pretty luxe yeah Yeah. very very luxe and and that's how we like to do things i I saw you guys preparing this event (laughs) and i can't even exaggerate enough how much detail these girls went into in terms of preparing this event for their girls um from sort of uh named napkins to named everything coffee mugs, coffee mugs yeah. like Ma- literally bag tags so yeah. full <laughs> out like just pampering these yeah. girls and what sort of um impact did it have did they enjoy the experience or? oh they've they're requesting a reunion retreat there you go year. perfect so <laughs> they you know all want to come back you know yeah and just before we move on so in terms of training for you yes. was that um and that's me i'm talking to is mm-hmm. that um was that something that helped you out of your rut as well absolutely yeah yeah. i um after going through all of that um kind of i guess you would call it addiction phase um i i was really i was still quite lost and then when i came into the gym and i would i would be that girl that would be stuck in the cardio section because i was so scared to walk down and hannah was very much into her fitness and she would coach me through and go you can do it like lift weights is going to make you feel like a badass and you're going to feel incredible so that's when my journey kind of started and then yeah it just it uh, it evolved from there and then I fell in love with fitness and how it made me feel and then I pursued that fitness career and just passing on that to my female clients and and showing them that again that they're capable of so much more than they think they just have to get in there and give it a go and um, how liberating that is is something that I grew such a passion for in helping women um, that yeah it's kind of snowballed from there mm-hmm. and so I do do a lot of mindset coaching um, through my PT one-on-ones and um, and implementing the alpha babe kind of um, methods into face-to-face training too. Sweet I know you guys touched on this briefly before um, but when you refer to forgiveness um, both of you mentioned it during that period I know with your mindset coaching and people that are probably coming to see you guys probably have some type of thing that they're holding on to. Mm-hmm. It may be from a family member, maybe a friend, maybe a stranger or some type of trauma. With um, your reference to forgiveness, because I have like an elephant memory. Like I can remember <laughs> stuff from when I was three and my son has yeah. the same. Um, <laughs> like he can remember, like he'll see Miles and he'll talk to Miles about something. And Miles about like, my what's, dog. Hey, yeah. what's Arlo doing? He yeah. met him once ages ago. I was like, he's yeah. Yeah. even I forget my dog's yeah. name. <laughs> so, certain people have like super strong memories and I because to a fault like I had a memory where I was like I can remember that kid doing that to me and I'd hold on to it like yeah. for for ages and obviously you guys have been through a lot do you what where's your stance on forgiveness because obviously you almost need to do it to move forward but then at the same time you don't want to forget because it's your past and it's your history so you it's not like you're you can just remove it from from that cycle. But a lot of people struggle to forgive. I personally do sometimes as Mm -hmm. well. How do you guys, um, within the mindset and everything that you coach and teach, bring that element of forgiveness into it? So (laughs) forgiveness for me has been a really big journey. Um, I think when you have had, you know, another human being inflict a lot of pain onto you, you know, you, you want, you, you just want to get fucking angry. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's really interesting because if we just talk about that, so if we talk about pain and we talk about somebody else, you'll be one or two people. You're going to be someone who outwardly displays their anger and they're just like an angry ant, That's right? Me. That's me. That's me. We call her, we <laughs> call her the pit bull straight yeah. to the throat. <laughs> For me, I had to internalize everything because nobody could know my my pain. So what that means is is I feel that I have a lot of trapped anger within my body. So what will mean is something will happen and I'll feel triggered and I'll just feel rage in my throat. So which is really interesting because when I've done a lot of study 
they say that your body keeps the score to your emotional stuff. So when you've got, um, you know, repressed anger and we, a lot of females have this because mm. I can't have a voice. Somebody else is more powerful than me. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you feel it. It's like a burning in your throat and you're just trying to get those words out. So a lot in my coaching is what I do is, is we role play. Let's get angry. You, you, I, I am that person now. You mm. tell me how you feel. So that's one part. I think that it's super important to acknowledge that anger is an important emotion to feel. We, we, we all feel it. Mm. Um, and a lot of time, anger gets a bad rap. Mm. We can't be angry. Yeah. We've got to be happy. Got to be polite. Got to be yeah. very polite. I think the thing is we've, we've got to come to terms with the fact that anger is a release. And we have to learn how to to display that appropriately. And that's what we see a lot now is that even education within kids, they don't know how to display that. No. And I would see that all the time in the classroom. But forgiveness is, is to me, so a backstory here is that we grew up in a Pentecostal Christian home. And a lot of that, and, and I'm a believer in God, I have my, my own relationship, but the way that our father manipulated and controlled us through spirituality was was chronic. So our definition of forgiveness was if you don't forgive, you're you're going go, to hell. you go to hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically what I was being told as a kid is I need to forgive you for all the bad shit that you do um, because I'm going to go to hell if I don't. Mm-hmm. So that never sat well with me. So I just held on to this. It wasn't until I did my own research that I realized that forgiveness is a gift. And what I mean by that is it's letting you go. It, it's a letting go process of you. So you have to experience all the anger. You might not be ready to face that anger, but when you are, you let it out. And then you go, okay, for me now, I, I want to let this go. And the reason why I want to let it go is because I want to move forward. So even though I have that whole past story, Mia and I both do, basically what I do now is rewrite it the Mm. way that I fucking want to. Because nobody is ever going to write my story but me. And maybe as a child I had someone write it in a way that I didn't want it to be written. But now I have choice. We have so much choice in life. We have so many possibilities we just need to grab it by the hands and just go with it. How do you guys get someone to understand that? Because I see that every day where someone's been given a deck of cards. It's a shitty deck. Yep. It's like a really, their hand that they've been dealt yep. isn't isn't good, similar to what you guys, yep. but you're sitting here now. But um, there's a lot of other people that I meet and I, I don't know what to do because yep. I'm just like, I feel like shaking you to understand <laughs> yeah. that that was that was then you're yeah. here now if we're if we're communicating now you've come to this point mm. so you you're not in a bad spot right now you were in a bad spot but you've got past that but you keep holding on to something that had happened someone had wronged you and you keep bringing it up and yeah. you keep talking about it you keep giving it this energy and fuel and rather than taking taking that and using it to motivate yourself to move forward, you're letting it pull you back. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back from that short uh, ad break with no ads. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the power went out and we've now made a joke that there was too much alpha in the room and it just couldn't handle it. So we have moved location, but we are so pumped on doing this podcast. We couldn't leave it. We had to keep committing. So we've moved location. We're getting on with the questions because God damn it, this is a good podcast. So we are here. Um, Sal, you finished off with your question on how we um, help people deal with forgiveness and how we, uh, you know, motivate people to move on from that. And I think for me, um, my forgiveness was a journey for sure, like forgiving not only my dad, but then um, forgiving that partner that I was in an abusive relationship with, um, forgiving those that have said I couldn't never be a mother, all of this sort of stuff. Um, for me, I knew that if I kept holding on to that, I would never be where I am today. And I think that that's what people don't realize if we can 
find it in us and as Hannah said it's more about letting go of that shit for you and it's about propelling yourself forward and it has nothing to do with the other person if I wasn't able to do that I would never be where I am today Um, and I truly believe that I would still be in that addictive nature I honestly think that I know this sounds dramatic but I think I would be dead um, given what um, that stage of my life and how erratic my behavior was and how um, just derailed I was I think that I would honestly end up you know in a coffin Um, so I had to learn to forgive and um, and and move on otherwise I wouldn't be where I am and I'm so thankful every day that I was able to do that because again as Hannah said I put the power back in my own hands One thing I find really interesting about this topic, about forgiveness, is how difficult, and this is kind of like what Sel was leading towards, is how difficult it is for people to actually let go and forgive, but also how important that is to sort of progressing mentally and and then obviously emotionally and physically and all those sorts of things, especially when it involves a family member. And I know that um, personally, I had some real, real issues with forgiveness for my old man, for example. And I'd have other family members who would say, you need to, you just need to understand that's your dad. That's your dad. They're the decisions that he's going to make. You, you know that that's him. You know he's going to make those decisions. And I did know that that's some of the decisions that he may, makes are default decisions and they're you know, ingrained in his personality and through his experiences and stuff. But I didn't agree with them. And it took me so long, probably until I was like literally 25, 26 minimum to really accept that I was out of control of the way that my dad made decisions and for me to not harbor the negative energy that I was putting on myself Um, and once you make that switch and it is just a switch and let go it's almost like the one day you wake up and you're cool and forever you're cool it's like that but it's it's almost like I just no one could tell me that I needed to forgive and no one could tell me that you know, I needed to do this for myself um, in order for me to to progress. And it's hard because I love my dad and I want him to make the right decisions, but there's no right or wrong. They're, they're his decisions. My decisions are my decisions. And this is what people get really like sort of confused and find hard to deal with. One thing that you guys um, talked about, which I want to dive into because... You guys probably don't even give yourselves enough credit with how emotionally intelligent and advanced you are to maybe just the general public because of the trauma and the experience that you've gone through. Something else that's special is you've both had a different response to your trauma and you've both been able to witness each other's experiences and and sort of progression as a response to that trauma. I want to know what it is that makes Mia chase the pleasure of maybe maybe it was pleasure of choosing to you know get into maybe um, drugs or alcohol party lifestyle or something like that and what made you become more adverse or find a way to run away from sort of the alcohol or those sorts of types of behaviors Ah, great question. And I also have an answer to Sal's question as well around forgiveness, but I'll go into Miles's question first, then I'll I'll backtrack. Um, That's a great question. So, you know, me and I have our own story, but I've also had the pleasure of working with people and you do. there, There is a very distinct difference to how people handle trauma. And the way that I explain it is it's like, Everyone has a threshold to trauma. So my story is, is, is significant to say somebody else's, but we still experience trauma. So I really want to highlight that there's, there's not um, you know, one story worse than the other. Everyone will, will internalize that and, and feel that differently. So what actually happens is we have a conscious brain and we have a subconscious brain, it's one brain. And when trauma happens... <laughs> Our conscious brain goes, what the actual fuck? I can't actually logically make sense of this. So it's like your conscious brain goes up and 
all of those memories and everything that you've got gets stored in your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind, you know, it controls everything, your movement, your just everything. Um, and your conscious brain is just like your thinking brain. So what happens is this trauma gets trapped in your subconscious. And what you find is that you keep repeating the same shit because your subconscious is where your beliefs have been stored. So your beliefs are formed when you... Um, when, when people say shit to you or when you look at something like and go, oh, I think this of this or, hey, my dad thinks this about this person so therefore I think that because your beliefs are formed in the first seven years of your life. So what actually happens is even though Mia and I grew up in the same home, my perspective on things are totally different to Mia's based on conversations that were had, based on interactions that were had, based on my own my own perceptions of things. So I believe that um, the gift that I have is my emotional intelligence. And I believe that a lot of my life, I analyzed a lot as a kid. So I sat back and watched and, I, and basically made connections of drinking means that you fuck up your relationships. Um, you know, drugs are the enemy. Drugs ruin a person. Um, and I know this is coming across really strong, but this was just my perspective on things. I also think because I internalized a lot of my anger, going and drinking and going and doing drugs is external behaviors. Everyone sees it. So what I had to deal with was a lot of the internal negative bullshit I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, you know, my own father couldn't love me, you know, like all of that stuff, I had to do that in here. So going back to Sal's question about forgiveness and how do we work with people with that, people who have trauma or have had significant harm, and what I mean by that is we have three core beliefs. We want to feel loved, we want to feel safe, and we want to feel like we have a sense of belonging. So if those three things have been compromised especially within those first seven years of life you form these beliefs about you and 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 their protection layers that's what a limiting belief is they that is your fucking armor i don't want to feel that fucking pain again so what actually happens is when you're working with people it's about highlighting what are your limiting beliefs because they that served you as a kid but now you're a growing ass adult how are you viewing your life are you viewing your life as your eight or are you viewing your life as your 30? Where are you? How have you evolved? With trauma, people repeat. Your brain tells the same story over and over and over again. It's a way of processing it. Shit, that bad thing happened. What does that mean? Oh, that bad thing happened. Shit. And you hear a lot of people have these memories all the time. Shit that happened. Shit that happened. Shit that happened. It's almost like one of the most, and my partner will vouch for this, oh my god like my poor partner would hear the same story from me over and over and again oh I can't do that because that happened I can't do that because of that happened but can I tell you how I work with people is this your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions and your actions become your outcomes do not underestimate the power of self-talk so I had all this negativity all these thoughts my partner was the most positive thing I love him dearly and he would always Re, re, um, reframe is the proper word reframe my thinking by saying what can we learn from this what good is coming out of this you know and therefore what he was actually doing was reprogramming the way that my neural pathways were firing and so if we continue just to take the same bullshit story over and over and over it becomes so entrenched in our brain and I liken it like a you know a forest and if we keep taking the same damn path it becomes really well beaten down but the power comes when we go you know what? I'm sick of this route I'm actually really over telling the same sad sack story I actually want to create something new I'm going to feel a bit of discomfort oh shit usually I react like an absolute psycho but I'm actually going to hold my words in now and I'm actually going to listen. Right then, I've just done something completely different to the route that I'd usually always go on. So that discomfort of holding it and then finding something else, that is where you you rewire your brain. And I'm a big fan of neuroplasticity and being able to push yourself forward in that way. We are such powerful human beings, but we don't know it. 
And that's the most fantastic thing that I love about working with people is helping them see their infinite possibilities and potential. Tell us some of the most common limiting beliefs that your clients um, express to you. Oh, so much. The, The biggest one is I'm not enough. I'm not important. Um, You know, no one cares about me. One of the interesting things that I come across with working with clients is how lonely they are. And how, and how the, you know, they, they internalize that as, you know, nobody wants to know me. I don't have any friends. I mean, that's a big common thing, but, um, you know, they're, they're protecting themselves because they don't want to connect because when they did connect, they got really hurt. And so it's about, you know, letting them know that we are humans and we are born to connect with others. That is, that is what we're here for. So there's so many, but you know, like I can't run, I can't lift weights, I'm dumb, um, I'm not smart enough to do this, I'm scared. You know, there's this, but I just remind them, we all think that, but it's what we do with that thought. Mia, what are, what are some of yours that you hear? I'm um, just talking from the PT perspective. Definitely, I can't run. I can't do burpees. I'm not able to do what those other go- girls do in the gym. I can't walk into the room with a, just a crop top on and some tights. Like just it's so many um, limiting beliefs on how they look and and their capabilities. And um, it, it is about it is it's a process of reframing, as Hannah said, and rewiring that thought pattern. It's not going to happen overnight. But the way we start to do that is by doing the things that we're most uncomfortable doing. So if it is about running. You know, by even just running 200 meters, you're already um, going down the pathway of trying to reframe that limiting belief and then getting uncomfortable and, and then proving yourself wrong time and time again and I think there's so much power in that um you know I have client that vowed that she will never run and that she would never PT with me if I did that with her but third session in she's running over a K and it was just took her doing it once and then twice and then three times to go oh shit I can actually do this and all that bullshit that I've been telling myself for the last 27 years was just a waste of time and it's shit because here I am running over a K and I'm only three sessions in. So I think that um, we have to get uncomfortable um, and get in the space and do things that we don't really want to do to be able to cross that other side. And the other side is freedom. The other side is um, it's 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 like a euphoric um, other side where you think, holy shit, everything I've been telling myself for the longest time was bullshit. And I can do this and I am a badass and, and that is what being an alpha babe is all about. It's um, really, really well spoken on that part because I think also there's a lot of people that people sometimes form just delusions. Like they, they just make up something in their head. But then there's also the aspect of to a certain extent, you also have to understand what you are good at and what you're not great at. And knowing what you are good at and not great at is like one of the things I know from a young age, I picked up really well. And then I wasn't finding that knowledge made me want to work hard at the things that I wasn't good at. So I think it was a teacher at a really young age said that if you're naturally gifted at whatever it may be, you're probably not going to have to work as hard on focusing on that a lot of people go oh I'm really good gym perfect example I'm really good at the bench press so I'm going to spend all my time on the bench and completely neglect to do legs because that's hard and I get sore and I'm not as good at that or whatever it may be so I know you guys I'm sure would make people your clients face things that they're naturally not good at because honestly if you're not facing those things well then you're just going to become really proficient at the things you were naturally gifted at and you'll fall away and you'll never face any of the hard stuff. That's actually where, like you referred to, the neuroplasticity and the change will actually occur in your life. So I know this one mic situation, I'm like looking around, who's going to pick it up next? And now I'm like, Miles. (laughs) I think there's something really cool about this question is, and it also comes down to personalities, is I know Cell's the type of person who is just like, cool, I'm not good at this. I want to like get good at it. And, but on the other end of the spectrum, he is also comfortable with the fact that he might not be good at things. And I think that that is someone's problem. They think I'm not good at that and people are going to judge me and then they get really affected by other people's opinions. I think that um, one of the biggest things is 
um, exactly what Sel was saying is like becoming very comfortable with who you are as a person, what you're good at and what you're not good at and understanding that other people are good at things and not good at things. And I think that's why we love like jujitsu so much because you, there's always people better than you on the mat and it's humbling and it's reality and it's like, cool, well, I'm not as good as that person, but that doesn't mean I'm shit. Do you know what I mean? So there's just levels to everything and you need to become um, comfortable with um, just who you are and where you're at. And if you're not uncomfortable with where you're at, that's cool. Don't be so hard on yourself, but just take the action to get better at it, to become comfortable with it. And once you you actually put, you know, that motion into practice, you'll start becoming even more comfortable with yourself and, and obviously where you're at. Um, yeah, well said. And um, I, you know, being in the education system, this all starts in schools. So, you know, what, what happens is we, we want our children in our classroom to do as we say. We, we really create people pleasers. And so what happens is you have kids in the classroom who want to please the teacher, so they'll do everything good. They're fighting for that attention. But also in the teaching world too, you highlight the kids that are doing great. And then the kids that aren't doing great, oh, we need to get, you know, the teacher aid across to help. So straight away, you know, what, what, what are we saying to those kids' beliefs? We're saying that, you know, we, we only can be good at things and we can't, we don't often share the suck <laughs> of the journey of, hey, you know, I found reading really hard and then, you know, eventually I can now read, you know, those sorts of stories is what our kids need to hear more. They also need to hear that it's okay to fail. fail failure is feedback and we all suck at one point of time. And But what people don't see, and I tell the story all the time, there's a movement in CrossFit called double unders where you skip and you've got to get the rope to go twice under your feet. Um, people see me now doing them like, oh my gosh, wow, it took me three years to do that. And I hated sucking. I hated people watching me suck. I didn't like it, but it wasn't until I just switched off and thought, do you know what? I'm going to suck and I don't care. And it naturally just happened. So I think it's sort of like, you're right. We're going to have strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think that if you do favor your strengths all the time, basically you become stagnant. And you don't, and you lack creativity. So often, the times when we are, when we suck, and it's uncomfortable, we become so freaking creative, and we find a way through it. So that is, I think, the message. In it's okay to suck. With the suck comes amazing things too, um, and you really learn more about yourself in the times that suck than in the times when you're like killing it. Just on the topic of suck, I love this. Um, uh, I think I, I hated sucking at things for ages. I My number two value as a person is achievement. And so if I'm not achieving, I hate it. Um, but in just on that last comment that Hannah said, you will never, ever, ever know what you are capable of. Um, you'll never know what's past that threshold. You'll never know what's past, past your breaking point if you don't get uncomfortable and do things that are hard, do things that um, that you know you suck at. I mean, even just for the example of me walking into jiu-jitsu, like I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm in a mat, full, like on a mat full of guys and I'm just like, uh, I have nothing, I had know nothing about martial arts. But the reason why I did it is because I wanted to get uncomfortable and because my number two value is achievement, I wanted to get uncomfortable to the point where then my, my skill um, – developed and then I could eventually start being okay at it and I started to feel more comfortable and I've really grown to love it but without and I've learned a lot about myself even just with the short time of doing um, jiu-jitsu at um, the combat center it's it's absolutely an incredible experience Um, and so just putting myself in an uncomfortable situation has allowed me to learn more about myself and newsflash we're going to continue to learn things about ourselves like I'm 30 and I am only just really getting to know myself on a much deeper level and I think that there's the only way that can happen is if you put yourselves in those situations yeah I think like learning about yourself is a forever journey um and I think definitely putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions is key and self-development is key and and all of those things the one thing that I think people struggle with 
is this one word and it's certainty. And people think that everyone's got their shit together. And people think that there's a right and a wrong answer for everything. Everyone thinks that there's a black and white answer to everything. The one thing that I myself have uncovered over my 30 years of life and then moving more into a focus on business is understanding how little shit, how little people have shit together. Like how little people have the answers. Like, like everyone has this perception that people that run big companies know exactly, you know, how they're doing it and what the steps are to success. And when all these books come out, these are the 10 steps to success. And this is the 10 steps to self-development and this and that, and this is what you need to be doing. But no one really has the answer. There's no real right or wrong. Shit sort of like takes off for no reason. Like you don't know why um, things, you know, take off and, and catch fire and become a success and why things don't. You, you, you might put all of the right things in place and it might not take off. So it's just like there's, there's this one thing that holds people back and that's thinking that they're not going to be able to do something the right way. But the one thing I've learned is you've just got to move forward, fail forward and just don't make the same mistake twice and just keep learning as you go. So yeah, what you were touching on, one of the best things I think about having kids was um, Joe Rogan. I think it was on his podcast and maybe on someone else's podcast where he was like, I remember being a kid and like having my backpack and going to school and seeing all the adults and thinking all the adults understood how the world operated and how everyone, you do this and then you do this and you do this and then you become an adult and realize, no, the adults don't have it together. The kids don't have it together. No one knows what's going on. It's just a case of everyone really just doing their best, um, trying to work out how to navigate things as an adult. When you have kids, all you realize you're doing is just like trying to show them, oh, from experience, if you put your hand on that char grill, you're going to burn your hand off. You just don't know that yet. So I'm going to prevent you doing that. But ultimately, there's heaps of things that I'll hear my kids say and go, I didn't know that because they are looking at something completely different from another point of view. And I think there's a lot of aspects within our culture um, where people just think, because you're older, you know more. Because you have more money, you know more. Because you're fitter than someone, you may be this, or you may be better looking than someone in someone else's eyes or whatever. So that naturally means that you may be in a better position of power. Ultimately, all of it's bullshit. Like, none of it really, at the end of the day, counts for anything apart from where you are in your journey and you just keep turning the pages over in your book, trying to get further and further and writing your own chapters because any... Trust me, if someone's telling you that they've got it all together and they have the answers, run away from them. They're, they're, they're trying to sell you something. They're trying to scheme you. They're, trying to, they're a snake in some manner. So I honestly, genuinely believe if someone's saying, I have the answers, I stay away because <laughs> no one has all the answers. You may have some experiences that you want to pass on to someone and help them on their journey, but you don't have their answers because they are living a completely different life to what you currently are. I'm, I'm actually really excited with the way that this podcast has gone, even though we had to move premises and all of these interruptions happened. Um, because I feel like there's so many things we can talk about with you guys. You have like such an expansive sort of like view on the world and all sorts of experiences so i would love to do this again and i'd love to almost talk a bit more about business as well and your experiences with all of that um but i know that me has to go to a pt um what if anything can you guys leave us with can you guys leave us with a quote a way of living uh, a concept just give us some some sort of of um sort of thought to leave everyone with and um then we'll close it off. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, one of the things that Mia and I live by is this one statement, find an effing way, okay? Um, and, and that has such significance for us because no matter what, there's always a way. No matter what, you have the power, you have the creativity, you have the looks, you have everything that you need to find an effing way that is going to be uniquely designed for you 
because you can't follow anyone else. You can't live every um, somebody else's life. You can only live your own best life. So you find an effing way when things get difficult. You you get you get you get angry. You get angry with it, and you and you find a way. And so whatever you're going through, whether you're riding the wave of success and life's good, you're finding a way through that and you're enjoying that experience. But when things get the other way, there's always a way out, no matter what. And I would also probably like to leave just uh, a word of encouragement, um, especially to any female listeners there, and just a reminder that everyone has a inner alpha babe within them and you are capable of incredible things and that's something that I wish I heard as a little girl um, so I want to pass that message on that you're capable of more than you know and that um, you know if 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 there's no one around you to believe in you we always say it to our clients and we'll say it on the podcast uh, we will believe in you for you um, because sometimes you're not capable of doing that until you get that, um, you know, that confidence built up and, and over time. But you do have an inner alpha babe within you um, and it's about letting that shine. Where can we find the alpha babes? Where can you find the alpha babes? Uh, we uh, hang out a lot on Instagram. So our Instagram tag is alpha underscore babes underscore. Uh, we also um, do a podcast as well. So we have the alpha babes podcast. So we hang out on there quite a lot as well. Uh, and we and if you want to work with us, we you just go to our website, which is www.alphababes.com.au. I heard um, Little Birdie told me that you're actually making some shirts and things. Yes. Find your fucking way shirts. <laughs> when are they available? Uh, we are going through the process of uh, sampling. This is something that we is unknown territory to us. So we are just, again, failing forward or moving forward or finding a fucking way. We are figuring it out. Um, and we want the best quality for our girls. So we're in the process of really, we got some shirts made and we're not happy. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna keep going forward. So that's the reality. So just stay tuned. I don't know. (laughs) Awesome, girl. Thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, girls.